0: As well, welcome to episode 203. Uh, yeah, that sure was a game that we're about to discuss today. <laughs> um, let's focus on anything but that. Uh, how is your weekend? How has your week been? How's life in the states this week?
1: It's not so bad. I mean, a bar in yesterday. Uh, yeah, it's it's fucking cold in Chicago, isn't it? So uh, yeah, I'm, I'm sort of a, bit of a bit of a hermit at the moment. So just taking in all the football I can get. How about yourself, Adam?
2: Yeah, uh, it's we've actually weirdly New York area had pretty good weather, uh, bizarrely. But um, I, you know, I like to I like to stand and watch the football even if it's eighty degrees outside. But after yesterday, I think I'm going to be spending a fair bit more time outside, regardless of the weather. Quite frankly, because that that soured my weekend a little bit. That game yesterday it, ge- it genuinely put me in a bad mood for most of Saturday. Like it was, it was, it was just miserable. It really was. I know we're going to talk a lot about it, but
0: oh god, I'm starting to re appreciate the fact that games finish at five o'clock in the afternoon, so I've only got another like five to seven hours to get annoyed, <laughs> um, as opposed to an entire day. Yeah. Uh, it feels nice that I, I just have like the, the dregs of the day to go where I'm just pissed off massively.
2: I, uh, I had to go to the bar after, well, you know, it's hard to say had to, but yeah. I, I, I <laughs> there there was, there, there was uh, some, some, you know, I, I needed to numb myself a little bit after, after that, just to take,
0: to take the edge off of the fury. <laughs> <laughs> well, You're going to be getting a ten-day break because we do not play next weekend, of course, due to Newcastle uh, Arabia's cup final Um, with their 18th choice keeper. Are either of you free (laughs) for that if they call you? (laughs) Might be
1: depends. I yes. um, Carriers.
0: I
2: the, the 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 Pope thing was. Honestly, if anything could have cheered me up, I didn't expect it to be watching a Newcastle game. But that did put a little bit of sunlight, a ray of sunlight came through the clouds because it was hilarious to just watch the replay over and over again, where it's sort of you saw his mind work as he's like, OK, I'm outside the box. It's bounced a little bit. Then he's like, hold on. I'm a goalkeeper. I can touch the ball. Bo- oh, my God. No wait. And then it's just superb stuff.
0: My favourite part about it is that Eddie Howe believes it was a harsh red card, um, which is just astounding. Um, astounding. It, it, uh, was,
1: it wasn't just him either, was it? It was on Match of the Day as well, where it was like, oh, you need to factor in there's a cup final next week. Like, shut up. It's the most blatant red you've ever seen.
0: Yeah. There's, like, there's nothing okay, else we'll you can do. In. <laughs> Yeah,
1: yeah,
2: you're Weird. about forty yards away from it not being a red card. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, all right. Um, Pierre in the chat, big Dan Byrne, six or seven obvious candidate for goalie uh, with the way he's, you know, playing for Newcastle and it's his boyhood team. It probably put in a hell of a shift to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Space jam stuff. Uh, <laughs> a temporary break is exactly what I don't want, Mikey. Uh, counterpoint: I think it's probably exactly what Derby does want—is uh, ten days to get this out of the system, um, because we have been threatening to do this uh, since January 30th or 31st when we beat Bournemouth. Um, and today we've—well, yesterday we finally did it, didn't we? Uh, Brighton of old uh, are back in town. 2.2 xG to 0.3 xG beat the other living shit out of Fulham from start to finish uh it did not look like 6th versus 7th yesterday it looked like 6th versus 18th for large large portions of the game uh and now we're not 6th anymore because we lost so uh, so i suspect that a break is probably uh what Deserby would be would be happy to have in this next 10 days to give him a bit of time to uh to recalibrate the team don't you think
2: yeah is it summer yet because that's the break I want, based on the tr- the trend that we seem to be heading at the moment. Oh, just just in case you ever felt like Potter wasn't a wizard, he's f- somehow managed to impart his management on two teams at the moment. But he's he's that magical that he's, he's able to disappoint both Brighton and Chelsea fans at the same time. I, I genuinely don't think that you could. There's a more aggrieved fan base this weekend, apart from Chelsea than than us. Uh, it's. Yeah, bring bring on the break. Frankly, br- as long as possible, but at the same time, like I, it's also not going to change. It might change a mentality, but it's really not going to change a lot in terms of personnel, is it? At best, maybe we're going to get War back. Um, but I don't know about you guys. When I looked at that starting eleven, I was like, well, "Hold on, it doesn't really get much better than this." Uh, and they don't have Mitrovic. Let's smash them. And let's, let's go clear, let's get within a point of Spurs with a game in hand or two games in hand and let's really do this. Suddenly, like our talk of Europe, albeit never say never, has now turned into like, can we stop the bleeding? And how how, how bad is the potential freefall here before the players can kind of get their heads back on track?
1: Yeah, <laughs> I guess there's there's two ways of looking at it. I think it's both sides of the coin, right? You, you've got 10 days to rectify and, and try and solve this this problem or I guess just for, for me a, a bad day in front of goal which we've seen all too often in the past um but yeah at the same time you want you want to get back on that pitch and rectify it as soon as possible so I guess there's there's two ways of looking at it I think the Zerbi will appreciate the amount of time he's got to sort of maybe get people back up to 100% or, or get people back in the fold so either way we've got 10 days irrespective of what your prerogative is so um let's just hope that we work on that and a few a few shooting drills wouldn't go amiss either. To be fair, how <laughs>
2: yeah, many times see, have we said that? huh? yeah,
0: yeah, yeah a scary <laughs> amount. Um, Stephen in the chat over the last few weeks, we've really missed Lalana. Yesterday would have been perfect for him. Yeah, Um if with Lalana in the side, uh, it kind of forces McAllister backwards, uh, and we're gonna get us. I mean, I suppose we'd skip into the good bit, right? But for me, the McAllister experiment up. Uh, into the 10th spot is not working. I hate it with a passion. Why can he not go back to the double pivot role where he was so excellent? I'm missing him so much there.
2: Uh, is there, a, uh, there's a couple of things I think we should talk about here. Cause it, but I do want to talk about Lalana as well. Cause I do think the fan base in general, and maybe us to a certain extent, but I do feel like we've been fairly uh, kind to Lalana. Maybe that's the way of putting it. Uh, He is, I think, more pivotal to this side than I think most people give him the respect for. Uh, And yeah, when when he's in it, it operates more efficiently. It operates differently. At the same time, I'd be interested in your opinions. Who do you switch out from that eleven if Lalana's fit yesterday? Does Gross come out because Gross has been? He's your guy that's done everything, and he's been playing very well. You don't drop Caicedo. You don't. Drop McAllister. You're not dropping any other guys. So, like, does he? Where does he go back in? So that's an. In, we're not going to have to worry about that problem for months at this point, anyway. I guess. Um, and then McAllister. Is there a chance that he has the World Cup has maybe inflated his self a little bit too much? Now maybe he sees himself as this like I'm a bit more. I want to get forward. Like you've seen what I can do. I'm more of a number ten. Like, I'm on the free kicks. I'm your guy. Let me do what I want, and actually, maybe, mate, you need to go back to to doing what you sort of were told before, where you shined. Because frankly, you're not playing alongside Leo Messi with uh, Enzo Fernandez uh, behind you as well with DePaul. It's a different setup. And how was his XG over the last two games? Five hundred, <laughs> uh, and he's not. He's, he, 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 his finishing's been diabolical.
0: Yeah, he led the way yesterday, 0.6 xG. Mm. Felt yeah. like more. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Felt
1: like more for everyone. Uh, he, yeah, I think that sort of double pivot with him and Corsedo is so balanced and so well so well drilled, I guess, that I probably would prefer to see Gross in that 10 than, than him at the moment. But, you know, we're, we're not privy to those conversations or, or training ground sort of antics. So, you know... <laughs> It's a, a second game in a row where, you know, maybe he had, he hasn't finished the chances that he should have finished and and maybe not as involved as maybe we would have liked to or have seen before. So, yes, um, you're, you're going to come under some form of scrutiny if that happens with a draw and a, a loss where you probably should have won both. So, well, I guess we'll, we'll go into the game in detail. But I think, you know, that these two results in a row mean there's probably going to be some added scrutiny on some players.
0: Yeah, um, and we've talked about it before, and Mikey talking about it again, it's worrying up front. Undab certainly doesn't look like scoring. Um, so, when Matoma can't produce his magic and McAllister can't find the net, we're then relying on 18 year old Evan Ferguson, uh, who cannot do everything on his own. Um, I thought Kenny Tete did a really good job marking Matoma yesterday, to be fair to him. Uh, Enki Pro done the best job I've seen from many fullbacks so far. He looks absolutely gassed. for believe he's probably still asleep now uh given how tired he looked by the time at the end of the game but um I think he did a really good job on him uh and we're seeing what it looks like when we're not able to produce Matoma magic uh with back to square Potter really aren't we um where goals are hard to come by uh
2: yeah and and we've seen Matoma not be able to produce that in the last two games and um uh... How much of a, well, let's be honest, like his form for the previous few games, it, it, it wasn't always going to be sustainable. It, it, there needed to be a bit of a balance, right? Because if it was sustainable, he's playing for Real Madrid next year. Um, so the, 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 there has to be like a bit of a regression to the mean. I think what's slightly even weirder just overall is our XG yesterday was what, 258 Um which is, yeah, Palace, it was, I think, around the same, uh, if not higher. And then Bournemouth, we were about 2.2 and only scored the one goal. Prior to that point, going back quite a long way in the league, I'm including here Leicester, Liverpool, Everton, Arsenal, Southampton, Villa, Wolves, Chelsea, Chelsea. We outperformed AXG in every single one of those games in terms of goal scoring, and now we, that's flipped on its head a little bit. So we just have to understand again, classic Brighton. If you cast your minds back to next season as well, how much of this is like these fits and starts that we have? Like, what what is the real Brighton? Is it the games that we saw previously where we were outperforming the XG and suddenly turned to this goal machine side, or are we actually this side? Is it this side who doesn't have a real number nine? And if Matoma or March or Gross don't score some banger that we all talk about for a week afterwards,
1: we can't score. Yeah, I, I think you're, you're spot on. It's just who was that a purple patch or or is this just the grey area and we're we're going to go back? I think there's there's those sort of questions that do need to be asked. I think yeah we've been burnt in the past with the amount of you know I know we talk about xg a lot and and that sort of stuff um but when you see games like this and not getting your your just desserts I think we're we're kind of burnt from that last year with with potter and and those sort of results that we had so I, th- I think it's a very good point it's are, are we the are we the side we're now considering the purple patch and this is uh you know the the norm or or is it the other way around i think it's 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 up to the zerbian and the players to really figure that out in the next few games um, but for this one in isolation god it was frustrating
0: yeah um i will say one thing i think i think we are uh and it's tough isn't it because a lot of chelsea fans are very upset at the idea that it sounds like we are always berating potter now he's gone um but i think we are better than the team potter put out there week after week um but i don't think we're as good as the team that was flying in december and january i think we're somewhere in the middle right i don't think when you look at this team now under deservey this is not a team that is going to put out 14 home games without a victory club record by the way i don't think that we're only gonna get one win at the Amex between 2023 and 2024 which Graham Potter did uh, in 2020 um I don't think we're going to go 3 months without a win I don't think we're going to go 3 months without scoring at home this is this is the sort of accolades that Graham had amongst all of the good stuff and all the plaudits he got you know it's worth noting that we had some historically bad runs under Potter And this team doesn't look like emulating that level of bad anytime soon. So I think we're somewhere in between, aren't we? And and I think we've just got to find out as we go along. Um, And it's going to be really tough, isn't it? Because come the summer, there's going to be wholesale changes again, you'd expect. Uh, Both McAllister and Caicedo will probably be gone. Uh, And we don't have any backups this time, uh, other than Gilmore and the, the young lad that we've just signed from Sweden. That's... Ayari, yeah. Yeah, Ayari that we've not seen play yet. Sure, they may fill it, but it doesn't feel like they're very confident on Gilmore. No one is. Um, I think he had so,
2: a knock for this game, didn't he, as well? But yeah, yeah no one yeah. really knows who he is yet, do they?
0: No. Um, this team, just the one change, undav out Ferguson in. Like I said, it doesn't really get much better than, than that with what's available to us. Uh, to me, I think that's the exact team we want to have there. I think... We spoke about it last week. The only thing I would have changed was have gross up front uh, and swap swap with McAllister. Um, but yesterday, I'm not sure it would have made a great deal of difference to you.
2: Probably not. Uh, I, and and uh, one last point on kind of talking about XG and finishing that and Potter, I and mean, then we'll shut up about Grand Potter. But the 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 biggest difference that you do see here is remember how many games we were talking about. year ago two years ago where we'd say it doesn't matter if we had you know old school r9 ronaldo up front in some of the games with potter we wouldn't have scored whereas if you put a half competent striker with all due respect to our current players in the side yesterday we win that game 2-0 i genuinely believe that and that feels like very much the difference between potter ball and deservey ball the other thing to say as well like we have struggled and we still continue to struggle against sides that sit in and Fulham sat in and Palace sat in and Bournemouth sat in. Uh, these are these are our classic banana peel games. And maybe, let's be honest, like opening up the, the calendar a little bit and playing against other
1: sides where they will push up a little bit more might be a little bit kinder to us, but we'll, we'll have to see. Yeah, I think, and that's just the last point. I think, just going back to what Josh said, there's there's no, there's no doubt in my mind that we're better than what we were under Potter. It's just the comparison of the last two months compared to the last three games and and what's changed. Um, But I I think you're right, and that you know we're we're creating clear-cut chances. It's just not putting them away, and I think that's the frustration for this game in particular.
0: Yeah, Uh, twenty-one shots. Uh, seven of those on target. Uh, Fulham had five with two on target, one of them being a goal. 65% possession, 88% pass success rate. Excellent performance on paper, was it? Uh, And it was just the classic smash and grab. Um, Not much to talk about really in terms of, there was a few chances, obviously, some good ones. McAllister especially had a couple of really good opportunities. Um, But let's talk about Fulham um, and something i tweeted about yesterday pretty early days because it started from about eight minutes in um, and Deserby even mentioned it. And actually, I have I saw a lot of Fulham fans on Twitter also take full responsibility for it, which is rare, uh, and say they didn't like to see it either and they'd never seen Fulham do that before. Uh, the feigning of head injuries. Um, it was, at first... Like, oh, that was a bit odd. But on about the eighth one <laughs> on the hour mark, uh, when it just so happened to stifle an attack or stop a counterattack, um, it became pretty apparent that this was a tactical decision from Marco Silva and Fulham uh, to feign head injuries, uh, given that I think there was three in a row that stopped play entirely, that there was no contact made at all to the head or even neck. Um this is dangerous, isn't it? Because if other teams start doing this, we're going to start getting into NFL levels of stoppage territory, aren't we? We're just going to start playing set piece from set piece. Like we're just going to stop the game. Um, it, it's worrying, isn't it? Because sooner or later, if every team starts adopting this tactics, it worked superbly well yesterday. Um, it broke up play really well, and it stifled a lot of attacks that we're been, we've become really good at. Um if other teams take notice of that and take that initiative and do the same thing and throw kind of morality to the wind and go for the same opportunity, which most will, right. They don't care about morals as long as they get three points. Um, it just runs a lot of risk, Doesn't there boy who cried wolf referees misreading things? Not, you know, it just, it can just lead to some really, really tragic situations. If, if all the teams adopt this sort of stuff.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, Obviously, I, I think I sort of when we were talking about it yesterday as well was just, yeah, you said morale, morales go out the window, right? It's you know, three points is three points. Too much money in the game to to sort of think about that anyway. So but it, it did it did stifle us. I think that a lot of the momentum that we build and those transitions that we build, um, you know, need to have long periods of the game where we're in control and it's in play, um, being able to break those up alongside a very sort of Deep block and sitting uh, uh, back—it's—it's a good strategy against us. I do I hate well do I like it? No, I I hate it in in actual fact. And I think using the the head injuries—if that (laughs) is—if that is a deliberate ploy of of what they're doing, which it seemed like it was—then it it's bad. And now that it worked, you probably see it more often now, and that's that's even more dangerous.
2: Yeah, put yeah. Get some helmets on. You know, be fun. <laughs> get the old school like leather American football helmets, like the the uh, helmet. Yeah, yeah. Everyone can have those. Get the Gavardial mask. They can be like all put together, so there's there's no problems. Um,
0: can we not just go full pro wrestling and get some luchador masks, <laughs> capes? <laughs> yeah, Canes mask. Get someone yeah. with Kane's
2: mask on. We get It's fine. We need to adapt. Yeah. I... I would as much as I would love to go back on a go off on a on a tangent talking about officiating and, and bad ref I, I agree, like it was egregious and I think it potentially will start to become a problem. Uh I don't care in this instance. We should have been better in front of goal, we should have won the game, we should have overcome the problems and the the, the hurdles that were put in front of us. We were the better side. Uh, we lost that game yesterday based on our own lackluster finishing in front of goal. They could have gone down with 500 head injuries. We still should have won the game.
0: 500 head injuries would have been something as well. Could you imagine? <laughs>
2: yeah, there would have been, maybe we would have got to like eight minutes of stoppage time if they'd have done that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, let's fast forward all the way to the end of the game and Roberto De Zerbi. Um, we will go through other parts of the game as and when we just touch on them. But Deserby has received a red card. I believe that is a one-game ban, not three that people were talking about online. I don't know whether that extends to Stoke. I am inclined to say it does because generally these these things do. Like, generally, if a player gets a three-match ban, the FA Cup and Carabao Cup count, right? That's my understanding.
2: Uh, well, isn't that the whole thing with, with Pope, Right.
0: Yeah, because he's out of the yeah. Yeah. So Deservey will not be on the touchline uh, on a cold Tuesday night in Stoke, which is great for him. He never has to experience.
2: One hundred percent intended that, didn't he? <laughs>
0: <laughs> he's like, what should I say
2: to this guy to get out of this? Yeah.
0: Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, um, but he uh, he noted that what he said to the referee at the end of the game and talked talked to him in the tunnel and. He said that he felt like he wasted his time at a meeting this week uh, with his boss uh, because nothing has changed and the refereeing standards are shocking and terrible and just awful. Um, and Darren England, with the fragile ego of a baby, uh, gave him a red card for that, um, which is ironic given that Arteta is doing what he's doing on the sidelines every week and people are thinking it's hilarious, but Deservey says something behind closed doors and gets a red um do you feel how do how do you feel about that and that decision to get himself sent off uh because he must have known he was fully at risk uh a lot of Chelsea fans are coming onto our hashtag and saying how how that must be nice a manager that gives a shit do you feel that way or do you feel like uh, I wish he'd have been a bit more reserved because we really could have done with him at Stoke. He used to grow up. What's the what's the consensus here? Because it seems very mixed online.
2: Oh, this is who you hired. I mean, we talked about this when he first joined. Well, you, you're not. You weren't hiring the mild mannered guy. You were hiring the guy that was going to go into the, the tunnel after the game, and give the referee a peace of his mind. Uh, I'm all for it. I like the passion. I also loved the quote that he came out with afterwards, where. He basically said, I don't like, I don't love to win a game like Fulham did. But, you know, at the same time, we shouldn't have lost. Uh, that's, I want to play football the way I want to play football. Um, but the, the fact that he pretty much said, I don't think he's a good referee, was was quite good. And the Premier League referees aren't good enough. He's outspoken. He's passionate. He speaks his mind. But that's, I think that kind of behaviour and that pride is is good to instil in your players. Red card every now and then, uh, it's whatever like as much as managers like to think them gesticulating on the sideline and shouting that's a lot I I frankly don't think it does
1: so I don't care where he sits I think that's what he said as well wasn't it that he he didn't actually he doesn't mind getting a red every now and then as well so again that's that's the type of person you're talking about um so yeah i mean by all means whatever whatever he said i'm sure i'm sure it was lovely so uh so and like yeah it is what it is leading from the front being and and like you said it's it's that hot-headedness that you knew you were going to get with him so uh if you didn't expect it <laughs> then i don't really know what to tell you
0: <laughs> yeah uh i he was very very clear um in very clear English, that he did not swear at the referee. So I can only imagine the dressing down he gave Darren England to get that red card without a piece of profanity in that conversation. Can you imagine how just horrendous it must have been to be England stood there? I feel like it must have been just such a drill down.
2: Especially given his sort of... Well, by the way, credit to Deserby. The guy didn't speak a lick of English a couple months ago, and he's already doing pretty damn good in press conferences. Uh, so massive respect. But yeah, I wonder if there were any, maybe no English swear words. Maybe, maybe there was some. That's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's the loophole cool that the loop yeah. right there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I, we're all we're all aligned on this. Uh, he's quickly becoming the people's champion if he isn't becoming the refs, that's for sure. Um, and fans around the league are already buying into his personality massively, um, which generally means you're doing something right, doesn't it? As a people leader, uh, if other fans of other clubs can take time to go, some guy that one, like he's good. I like him. He's got something about him. Um, Pierre in the chat says he prefers a monthly RDZ outburst compared to a weekly Potter platitude. Uh, that's an excellent little sentence with the weekly Potter platitude. Uh, that should be a segment on the Chelsea <laughs> cast, uh, because that's something that they're dealing with every single week. You might
2: get a couple more episodes out of that one. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: so, uh let's talk uh the game in general and the uh, the player performances. Um anybody stand out to you at all yesterday? Did you did you look at the team and think someone could have done better, someone could have done worse? Like what are, what are we thinking here? Uh I think I'll I'll go first in that I think Evan Ferguson was a bit hard done by yesterday. Um he looked isolated a lot of the time when we were actually pushing forward. Um And I don't know who's to blame for that. I don't know whether that is an Alexis McAllister issue. uh, And I don't, or I don't, I don't really know. Um, But he looks quite alone up top a lot of the times. Um, And it it stood out to me. And I feel like there's going to be, you can put almost any striker up there really. And if you're leaving him on his own, as and when we're pushing through the attack and everyone's kind of piling into the midfield and out wide and leaving him on his own, he's going to struggle anyway.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, there's there's going to be no criticism from me. I think, like you said, he, he didn't have too many chances, but he he sort of tried to make them himself and and tried to make things happen. He had a, a couple of chances, um, but by no means was he in a position where he, he missed anything clear-cut. I think the, the, his first chance a minute and a half in is probably his best one. Um, and sort of, I guess, lashes at it, but it's so early in the game as well, just trying to settle down. at I think you're right. And I agree with you. I think it's, it's hard done by. He tried to make things happen. But like we, <laughs> 21 shots and, and bits and pieces, I think he only had a couple. So uh, yeah, he just wasn't involved in the game. I think most of that was from the midfield and the wing play where we couldn't really get Ferguson involved. Uh,
2: I'll, I'll have a go at him then. Just <laughs> but, well, I, I, he, he, he only had 24 touches in 72 minutes of football, but he did have four shots. Uh, two of which were on target. Um, Dennis Indav only played about 20 minutes, came on the 72nd minute, had half as many touches as him and half as many shots. Um, I'm not going to be the person here to praise Dennis and Dev, Uh, but he did show that he was able to, his movement was able to get in, in the game a little bit more. He did look a little bit more wily, Dennis Indav. His finishing still looks like maybe it should be a left back, but um yeah, harsh, uh, harsh,
0: honest opinion.
2: Harsh. True, he's shown he actually as does he can leather the ball in, can't he? But yeah, I, and and maybe a bit of that was some some of the tactical shifting we did around to try and at, at the end of the game, and the Fulham players were getting a little bit tired. But um, yeah, it wasn't Evan Ferguson's finest performance, but it was such a stodgy back line for the for the first forty five minutes of that game, at least.
0: Next question. Jeremy Sarmiento and Julio and Ciso not subbed on yesterday not subbed on last week but Brunate not, Brunate uh subbed on at every opportunity for 20, 20 15 20 minutes every time only just entered the country like 19 days ago prior to that he got a back injury that was like talking about like major injury, like paral- paralysis stuff, like, like when they said he went down initially, and then it was like, oh, actually, he's absolutely fine. No worries about it. Um, what, what do we think about this? Because whenever Sarmiento has came on, he's changed the game. Um, but Deserbi is obviously a big fan of this lad, this Argentinian kid, and he seems to have jumped the pecking order already. Would you, would you have preferred to have seen Sarmiento come on, or just as an addition?
1: I think you might see Sarmiento as a winger replacement rather than through the middle, right? Um I, again I, I I'm not too sure. I, you're right. He's, he seems to he's doing something in training, right? Where he's he's able to to jump a few in the queue. And the only thing I can possibly think of is that Sarmiento is that direct replacement for Matoma on March. Um but yeah, I don't know whether he's more suited to that central attacking mid or, or being able to to hold in the central midfield, but I mean, I haven't seen enough of him to understand whether he is above that pecking order or not. I think we need to see more of him, but here's a strange one. I'm glad you brought this up because I was thinking the same thing. It's also the second week in a row
2: where uh, De Zerbi's not really shuffled the pack a lot. Uh, he was forced into a switch for uh, Estupinian, uh seemingly for injury, right? And then only used two subs beyond that. Unde from Bueno uh yeah the, clearly he's seeing something more on the training ground from him than he is from Nciso and by the way when we've seen Ncso play God he looks raw like he looks talented but the kid looks raw um buenonote already coming in looks like he's got a little bit more about him um I agree with Craig that that um Sarmiento is possibly suffering from the the fact that Matoma's been undroppable. I know Deserve did come out relatively recently say, I can't take Matoma off because he's so talented and so capable. I think if there's a game you take Matoma off, it was this one. He just wasn't having the success, especially in the second half. He did have a couple of cut-ins and was trying to do stuff in the first half. Hindsight's great, but I, I really would have, 75, 80 minutes in, just try something different. Put an, another pair of legs out there and see if that that uh, mixes the defender up a little bit. Um but let's also not forget, Buonanotte put the ball in the back of the net. And if it wasn't for Dennis Undav's big toe or shoulder blade, uh, that was a goal. And it was the two subs coming on, Undav creating play in the run and putting a decent ball in and Buonanotte with a comfortable finish. And we're talking about how, what an inspired set of changes this was.
0: Yeah, trust the AR to, for once in their lives, do their job correctly, right? <laughs> Fantastic.
2: Yeah, well, we asked them to be more diligent than they were, unfortunately.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, yeah, uh, I mean, when it comes to Stoke, we're what, seven, eight, nine days away from it because it's a midweek fixture. Um, and West Ham is shortly afterwards. I suspect De is going to be tempted to rotate a little bit uh, just because he's got the short gap between that and the league game. Um, I really hope we see at least one or two of those players start. That week. Uh I really hope we see Buonanotte or Sarmiento or and whoever, really, I don't really care. Uh, I just want to see one or two different what, different faces up there to see if they can do something different. Um but it's also one of those things of what do you want to do it away at Stoke in case they get clogged? Uh. I I do think you have to,
2: because we just don't have the squad depth. Uh, Again, I'm sorry, everyone, you're probably tired of hearing us say that, but it's just the the case that you can't just play these players constantly. Um, So I do think we'll need to freshen it up a little bit, despite the fact that it's potentially a very important competition for us. And the other part being, though, is that you cannot come back to the Prem and play West Ham and lose that game. Because suddenly we're like, we're all running around like headless chickens. Like what's happened? Oh my God. Like you have to, you have to get points with the West Ham game. So that's the only reason that I feel a little bit more adamant that he's going to shuffle things around a little bit. Um, Squad depth and the fact that the the West Ham game is so important to us now.
1: Yeah. I mean, we, we saw how important, I guess the cup competitions are to the Zerbi as well. I'm sure he's still reeling from Charlton given, given his responses and stuff. So, you know, and and adam you're right as well there's only so much we can chop around here because you you look at the bench that we had yesterday um apart from jason Steele, you're talking everyone 22 and under um there's there's only, only so many people you can i guess swap around i'd i'd expect blampty to come in i'd expect samiento probably to start as well um but yeah we we don't have the depth to to bring out a second string at the moment um which means that sort of have to go there and and use a lot of the players that are going to play for West Ham.
0: Yeah, Jack Hinshelwood on the bench yesterday. Jack Hinshelwood was born in 2005.
2: <laughs> He's got no, no reference point for the Millennium Bug. No reference point. <laughs> Imagine that. <laughs> He's I'm got no reference now. point for
0: any, like 9-11. It's just like, yeah, it was years ago. don't know about
2: Yeah, 2005 is it's not really okay is it
0: no (laughs) existential crisis people in the people in their car driving now white knuckle like you mean 2005
2: (laughs) yeah that doesn't feel like a year people should have been born it's just uh, you know that's it that's that's back when you're in you you know you're you're formalizing your own self-humanization you're becoming an adult not being born Feel like we are aging ourselves a little bit here. Uh,
0: yeah, yeah but like, playing uh, professional football, nonetheless.
2: No, there's no way. But sounds out. Like he might have his life figured out significantly better than we do. But the but yeah, like Van Hecker could come in right uh, again. We don't know the status of Coldwell, but that means you'd be able to switch out the, the, the centre backs. I do agree with Lamptey. Different game. I, Lamptey's not going to win any fans after his defensive shift that he put in at the end there for that for that goal. Um, but a very different game against Stoke, right? He's not really going to be asked to do a lot of that. He's just going to have to bomb up the side of the pitch. Uh, so I, I think, yeah, you're going you're gonna to switch it up. It would be good to see what IA really is, like what on earth have we signed? Uh, and see if in CISO we can, we can buff up those edges a little bit because these are the types of games where you would hope you start to witness um, something that shows you that you can have these players play 30, 40 minutes for you towards the end of the season in the Premier
0: Yeah, uh, and and obviously just succession planning too. Um, There's going to be a lot of big clubs sniffing around, a lot of good players for us, Uh, as per freaking usual this this summer. um, So seeing some sort of evidence of a succession plan will be nice, uh, and Stoke will probably go a long way to doing that for us if we can get a couple of those names out onto the pitch for a long amount of time. Um, Let's also talk another hot topic, uh, because I have to listen to it uh no matter what illegal stream i get uh that was a joke by the way i don't get illegal streams um but no matter what stream no matter what stream i listen to uh, i am constantly reminded that i think we are now 137 corners since our last goal from a corner um what is going on there what is it? this lad i can't remember his name our set piece coach how is this man in a job why, I, I mean, the one good thing Potter did in his own career, clearly, when moving on, is leaving him behind, isn't it? Uh, because if things are bad now, like he could have... It, I mean, what is going on? 130-odd corners with no goal.
1: Nothing. Well, it, we were very close to one yesterday with, without Dunk heading it wide. So... Um, you can see them trying to mix it up as well. You've seen a number of different short corners and a few d- different passes. So <laughs> everyone knows it's an issue. It's this huge elephant in the room where we should be doing better. Um, as for who's coaching it, God knows. But um, I-, I don't know. I- they're clearly trying to mix things up as well. Um, we and <laughs> The amount of times I've watched that corner just hit the first man is just mind-numbingly frustrating. Um given how good we know Gross and March can put a ball in, it's so annoying that they cannot do it from a corner. Um, so that's the main thing. And, and trying to switch it up with with short corners and, and putting it in from an area where we know they're accomplished and, and can put in a good cross um, seems like the best bet at the moment. But uh, yeah, that we shouldn't ignore the fact that we missed a free header yesterday. That would have changed that perspective entirely. Yeah, <laughs> So, against Palace, we had
2: six corners and 25 crosses. And against Fulham, we had 10 corners and 21 crosses. Uh, I can't do the math that quickly in my head, but that looks like 16 corners over the last two games and 46 crosses. Yeah, something's not quite working there, is it? And let's not forget Saudi March's corner against Palace. <laughs> that, that just went went off. Pause. Yeah, there's some so, I, I don't know what's happened. You know, the, the answer to all our problems was sat on Fulham's bench yesterday. Bring back Shane Duffy. Let's get a specialist old school, like when Stoke used to play Rory Delap for throws. I want just bring Duffy on for a corner in the 80th minute. Uh, bring it back because clearly that used to work. We had no problems when it was done from Duffy. I, I, I visualize his face in my mind wheeling away after scoring a corner. And I don't I don't remember what that feels like or looks like anymore.
0: Yeah, uh our crossing ability has never been great, Mikey. Uh yeah, I think that's why you see Estepinion uh and Mitoma and Solly uh and when applicable, Joel Veltman and or Tarat Lamptey drill that ball low and hard across the box and not high as a regular cross. Uh mainly because generally pre Evan Ferguson we had no one who could ever reach the ball anyway. Uh and two, because we are so poor at converting crosses of that like that we're now just going to the lowest common denominator and going full FIFA scumbag and smashing a ball into the middle and seeing what we can get, isn't it?
1: <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And yeah, if you if you launch a, a high cross, there's only one person in there even now. But if, yeah, pre Evan Ferguson, there's just, just no chance. So yeah, it's a, a number of crosses we can tell from the the, the Zerbi way is uh, just getting to the byline and a, a low cross will will do it. But something isn't something isn't working regardless. Um, the, the corners especially is this. <laughs> it's outrageous. Uh, it's indefensible, and like we
2: can use the excuse of lack of hype for the for the for the crosses. I agree, but I mean for seventy two minutes yesterday, for any corner that you had, you have you have Lewis Dunk, Adam Webster, and Evan Ferguson in the box. What are you doing? All right. All right. Oh heaven forbid! We have got Tim Ream, a statue of a man. <laughs> uh, come on.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're not wrong. Um, (laughs) uh, Mikey in the chat saying Dan Byrne he once scored from a corner the fact that he scored once from a corner Mikey at 7 foot 4 is a problem I think that's an issue in and of itself uh, (laughs) that may be reflective of our issues in general uh, from set pieces Uh, speaking of set pieces we were awfully awfully close at the end there uh, weren't we Alexis McAllister to an equaliser um, one thing he does have in his locker is belting free kicks.
2: I thought it was him. I thought it was in. It was actually at the distance where I was sort of hoping Lewis Dunk was going to knuckleball it. But... Um, you imagine. Yeah, that, I was I was expecting that. But, uh, yeah, it was very close, wasn't it? And he sort of tricked the keeper. I think everyone was expecting a curler into the left-hand side and he went to the right. Um, yeah, very, very, very close. But again, like, we're just for all the opportunities all the attempts the fact that we had the ball in the net twice during that game and it was both ruled out for offside the fact that it all came down to hoping Alexis McAllister was going to punt it into the top right-hand corner in the 90-whatever minutes is more of an indictment on this, what happened in the previous 94 minutes
0: man of the match Craig an unenviable task Jesus. Yeah, going uh, first uh, yeah <laughs> I
1: appreciate, I appreciate that um I mean it's slim pickings right um, There's there's not really Too much to go on I think everyone just had a very drab game
2: Fulham's <laughs> medics Mike but, oh, Yeah that's That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, I mean God knows like, Who who do you pick? I think it's is a, a Wider question because I feel like I'm trying to scumbag my way Out of it but just like Who, who had a better game than anyone else? No one um, yeah, no one. No That's one it. deserves man in
2: the match. The sponsor gets their money back for the game. <laughs>
0: <laughs> just free advertising. <laughs> so, yeah,
1: sorry about that. Uh, I don't. I honestly don't know. It's. I'm just looking at the list off screen here, and
2: I, it's not. It's not anyone. I, I genuinely right. don't think it's anyone. I don't think anyone deserves
1: it. I, I, I feel horrible about it because like I'm now I'm just holding up the entire podcast but like <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know I think it would be between March and Estepinion for me because I, I just think if at least they had something about them March was trying to make things happen um granted he was back in Lewis when he was <laughs> when he scored his goal um but yeah it'd be one of those two I I can't really give it to anyone without I guess some permutations or something like that, some asterisks next to their name. But those were the only two that I thought actually had an, an okay game or a passable game.
0: Adam?
1: <laughs> no, I I Honestly, I refuse to give it to anyone.
2: The the uh, <laughs> Mike has also mentioned Dunk. I, I think you could have got away with saying Dunk for 87 minutes. Uh, his positioning at the end was disastrous. He was playing Solomon... Uh, 10 yards on side because veltman pushed up he didn't notice obviously veltman at that point had moved in from being a uh, the right back Lampy had come on webster came off veltman came into center back they were not on the same page you can blame veltman you can blame lampty you can blame dunk i'm going to blame all of them it was a disaster uh no one deserves man of the match
0: yeah that's my hang up on dunk as well uh it's well i mean you just articulated it perfectly um I don't, I don't have anyone either. Like I don't have anyone. Um I I'm not giving him man of the match because that's just laughable. But I will say uh it was nice to see how assured um Sanchez looked yesterday and some of the very quick distribution he made when he did collect crosses to the ball which he collected all of them this time. That's too. Was he yeah. Did he have a nap partway through the game? He may as well have. Um because there really wasn't a great deal he could have done about the goal either because it really was just a bouncing shot. Um, there really wasn't much he could have done to save it either. Um, but I thought he looked really assured and I thought the distribution looked very good again. He just looked very, very chilled out. Um, Mikey wants to give it to VAR, had their best game for ages. Um, I can't give it to VAR, unfortunately, just on the general principle of them always being pricks forever and ever.
2: Jay's saying Purvis is, but I, I'm, my problem with SD Pinion is I'm still annoyed about the fact not not too far into the game he was in the box and he missed Solly March's run which was a tap-in and he tried to overplay it and it ended up just getting nowhere and that really I know it was just one singular moment in the game but you look back on it and you're like oh god if you just made a slightly he had two runners in the box and he didn't pick either of them that, that, I don't think it was his finest game even before the injury either but uh, yeah, I, <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't a good game for picking man of the match. I don't remember the last time none of us had really been able to pick someone, right? You, I can't think of that, which really sums the, the bloody
0: game up, doesn't it? Yeah, just a very bad day day in the office. Uh, Pierre, actually, I have a Toyota, uh, not a Nissan. So uh, your point still stands, though, because <laughs> they're both Japanese. So <laughs> fair enough to you, um, but. Uh, yeah, that's about it, really. Um, the sooner we can get off this topic, the better. Honestly, like, I've not been looking forward to this all day. Um, it probably reflects in the tone of voice that I've had the entire time.
2: <laughs> I um, didn't want to watch the highlights. After I didn't. I, I was <laughs> oh, yeah. like, oh,
1: God, yeah. I can't believe I have to do this. I watched. I watched them this morning, and just the disdain. Uh, um, so yeah, I'm half glad this is over as well. Actually,
0: <laughs> let's talk Stoke. Uh, which is an odd thing Relieved to (laughs) talk about (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Yeah, uh, they've been in uh, fine form um, of late, uh, which is quite a surprising championship because it seems like no one can get into good form uh, as of late but they are sitting 19th in the table um, and really it's due to the absolute shocking start to the season they had uh, because as of late they've been a lot better um, since they beat Hartley Paul um, in the FA Cup, battered them. Uh, they lost to Highfly and Sheffield United. Then they destroyed Reading, beat Stevenage in the FA Cup, lost to Luton, drew with Hull, battered Huddersfield last week, uh, and then lost to Blackpool. So no one knows who they are uh, because they're beating teams that are below them and then losing to teams that are below them. Um, but it seems to me that they are still the stoke of old uh, whenever I see them on soccer special and stuff being talked about. It's just long ball, hoof ball nonsense. Um, obviously, we've talked about the rotation that we want to see next weekend uh, or next what Tuesday, whenever it is. Um, yeah, 28th. You... Yeah, yeah oh, 28th.
2: It... Hold on, when is that? Oh yeah, so we've got a whole, it is 10 days, Tuesday after next. Okay. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Um, just talk to me about it. Who do you want to see starting? We've talked about the fact that we want to see rotation, so we've got about eight young wingers and attackers <laughs> we've got on the bench every other day. Who do you want to see getting those opportunities? Who do you want to give a rest uh, to make sure that they're ready for West Ham? Who
2: do you who do you drop? Can I throw in a controversial opinion? Yeah, Look, I would like. To- the Tactics to be different, uh, and again, I told you it was controversial. I also could have added <laughs> potentially stupid. Uh, I want us to play two up front, and I want Undav and Ferguson to play together because
0: little and large, uh, the old uh, school against bring Stoke. it back. Uh, four, uh four, two,
2: yeah, let's <laughs> pr- protect the V, as Dice says. I'm not sure about that phrasing. The, 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 <laughs> The thing is, like we 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 need to get the confidence back in a striker, and because Ferguson needs a goal now, and Dav, I don't know if he's ever had the confidence. I want so I, I want to throw as much at the problem as possible. Let's put them both on and let's get them a goal against Stoke, so that when we start one of them in the Premier League next game against West Ham they're not coming into it completely cold and downtrodden when, you know, let's say we're playing one of them for 70, 80 minutes. We bring in Davon for a token 10 minutes and we get nowhere. The other part is it might be decent to also semi-experiment with a plan B, uh, whereby we don't play the, the 4231 against sides that sit very deep and we have a slightly different option uh, so i don't I, I would like to see Ayeri, i would like to see that the latin contingent play a little bit more let's mix up the back line a little bit um but for me I, yeah i want i want to i want to get a striker on the board
1: yeah i think to an extent so we can't really pay five because we don't have too many centre backs, um, so it's just that's quite difficult. But yeah, I think having two up front, you could you could do a five-three-two, or you can just go full on Mike Bassett, couldn't you? Um, and, and just do that. <laughs> but I mean, either way, I think you're right. We need to have a plan B. It's just, is this the right time, or do we struggle with that plan B? Eventually, lose to Stoke, and all of a sudden we're pretty downtrodden on our luck and our confidence and you go into West Ham off like one draw in three games um it's there's, there's that toss-up to me is you know do you, do you stick with the tried and trusted and try and overload a team that is in the league below you that four two three one should be good enough to beat Stoke right and I, I think we can all we can all agree on that it's just you know do we do we experiment and do we do we take a gamble in that respect? Um I'd like to see for personnel, I'd like to see Lamptey come in, I'd like to see Van Hecke come in. Um I'd like to see Sarmiento start, um, potentially on the wing. And and I would I would like I would still like the double pivot to be Caicedo and McAllister. I, I want them to be in that position. Um, it just it depends on whether we're willing to do that.
0: I want to uh, see the IRA kid. Yeah, no other requests, just him for, no, for ninety well, minutes though. Especially if we're gonna, well, especially if we're we're gonna really commit to not playing Alexis at the, at the the pivot role anymore, and we're actually gonna do this uh, and decide to play him as the next Messi um, at the number ten role, which I think is a mistake, Roberto. I'm telling you now, but you do you. You'll pay millions of pounds that I'm not. So I would like to see Ayari in there uh, for gross. Like if you're going to play him there and see what he can do next to Caicedo um, and then take Caicedo off at half time or 60 minutes in or something, or bring him on with half an hour. You saw the impact he made the other day when it came on against Bournemouth. Um, the bloke took control of the game within 25 minutes and won us it. Um, so Pierre in the chat, maybe having uh Mitoma benched. I agree with that too, for sure. I, I would bench him. Yeah. Um, I think he needs a rest. Uh, 10 days is ample enough time, right? The professional athletes, I know that. But I think it would be good for him to just sit one out and just get himself some time off and watch the game from the bench. That's all he wants to do. Uh, and Craig, like you, I, I would like to see Sarmiento start uh, on that side. Um, I would like to see Bruno notte get a chance for sure. Um, it just depends on where they want to put him. Um, but yeah, I, I would just throw them all in there. Throw them all in there. See what happens. Undav and Sizzo, Samianto, Gun and Fuck okay, it, just throw them all in the whole C- contingent. C- yeah.
2: Well, what's kind of funny is is Stoke in their last few games of recent memory have also been playing a four two three one. I think they've
1: got Dwight Gale up top. Which, you know, I was I was just looking through their team. Do you remember Nick Powell? What what a time. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like they've got they've
2: got Phil Jagielka
1: Chris. well. What is this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, there's, there's a few in there Liam Delap, You got Will Smallbone as well. There's, there's a couple of decent players in there but I think you you should have more than enough to to do it. I think it's if you if you do make wholesale changes are we happy with it maybe going wrong and not going through. That that would be my concern. I I agree with pretty much everything that you said and, and by
2: the way I think the Matoma points are a very very good one. Uh let's let's also have it have him on the bench obviously, but have him as that player that can come on if, if it's not going how we want it to sixty 65 minutes in great. bring on Matoma who's just had ten days off and he's gonna they're not gonna know what hit him uh, and that again might be the confidence boost you need uh My only slight counterpoint to the idea of like well let's stick with what we know and what we're comfortable with and what we you know what works. We played four two three one against Charlton. So, I knew you were uh, going to say that. It's <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was inevitable. Yeah. So, so you could never, you never know what's going to happen in these things. So, we kids could, we could play four, two, three, one, start our best 11 and still come up in the chart and game. Someone shanks over the bar on penalties. I guess it would be a replay in this instance, right?
0: Yes. Yeah. I think it would be. Um, yeah, uh, it's going to be interesting to see what he throws out there. Um, obviously, big question marks uh, between now and then a uh, 10-day break. One thing to be keeping an eye out uh, for all fans is uh, Estepinia's injury and what mm. that amounts to. Um, to Deserve said, it's not serious, um, but he has gone in for a scan on his hamstring today. So what does that mean? Um,
2: question, who's our backup left back?
0: Uh, pass. Yeah, me. Pascal
2: Gross yesterday.
0: <laughs> double double it and pass it on to the next person. Uh, uh, At probably right. That's what he, that's what he did yesterday. He, he looked, looked good, right for look a
1: bit, bit Yeah. Okay.
2: Let's hope he's not injured for long. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, yeah, and and I mean, once again, I mean once again, we're back to the squad depth issue, aren't we? Um, all right, well, 10 days from now is Stoke. Uh, we'll probably try and record an episode on that, just on its own, because it'll have been 10 days um, if we've got good ample free time. Um, and then West Ham after that, uh, which we'll talk about once we get after Stoke. So we'll kind of save that conversation for post-Stoke pod. Um, yeah, God knows we have... when we're
2: going to play the, the, by the way, sorry to cut you off, the Newcastle and Palace games. All right. With... Well, they've
0: requested the Palace game to be brought right. forward 24 hours, haven't they?
2: But we've got no real idea if, as and when these are properly going to happen. It just seems to be consistently moved around in perpetuity. So, uh, yeah, we might be in a weird position. Come a few weeks, we're just we've got no idea where our real league position actually is because we've got like six points hypothetically like existing in the ether.
0: Yeah, yeah, we we've got two games in hand on just about every team around us. Again, now um, with the poor results we've been getting. Uh, we're now unable to catch Spurs, for example, but uh, Fulham's win against us and all that sort of stuff can really go by the wayside if we can take control of our games in hand. Uh, It really means nothing in the grand scheme of things. Everything's still within our control. Uh, I say that, we've got like 15 games left to go anyway. Um, But uh, we'll be back next week then for Stoke Chat. What a thrilling time. (laughs) Um, for us the FA Cup away at Stoke uh I was tempted to go to it I'm not going to it because my dad doesn't want to and I'm not going on my own so that's the end of that conversation uh but we'll be back uh do you have anything to cover before we drop off (sighs) nothing
2: but I mean the only thing I will say is that even though we all sound downhearted and it was a horrible, horrible game that I hate, the fact that we can still sum this up by saying we're not able to currently catch Spurs because of the result, just be thankful still that we're there. <laughs>
1: That's still still good. Yeah, I think that was that was pretty much what I was going to say as well. It's a, a bad day at the office, but like Josh said, we've got, we've got 15, 16 more games now at the moment. So uh, we are where we are. We'll, we'll push on. It could be a lot worse. You could be Grand Potter. <laughs> One
0: last uh, <laughs> just, just keep going. Just keep stabbing the poor guy. Um, yeah.
1: yeah. Sorry, uh, sorry.
0: There's going to be an interesting run of games as well throughout March and April. We're going to have three. Yeah, we're, we're well placed to have three back to back at the Amex. Um, if there's ever a time to turn that back into a fortress and get some good results, uh, the end of March, beginning of April could really dictate what the final third of our season looks like with those back to back home games. Uh, and they're not exactly tough ones. Uh, Palace United and Brentford, all of them are very winnable. Um, it's not like we've got Manchester City coming to visit. So uh,
2: Away at Spurs, away at Chelsea and home at Man City after that. And then away at Forest, which appears to currently be one of the toughest bloody places you can play. So uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not looking forward to April. I am not. Hopefully we yeah. don't look like fools.
0: All right, fellas, have a wonderful 10 days, uh, and we'll speak again uh, after Stoke.
2: Thanks, all. Thank you.